0: What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode three of the No Mercy podcast. Please go download, write a review, subscribe, like on Podbean, whatever outlet you're listening to this on. Show it some love. We appreciate it. Uh, the more activity we get, the bigger this gets, the better the guests we can get. And we got some great guests today. This is going to be a weekly spot with my brother. who goes by the bod. We call him Kurt, but he refers to be a, refers to himself as the bod. And Mad Lab, Mad Lab MMA on Twitter, my other brother from Another Mother. And we're going to be talking about everything. We're going to talk a little bit about week two. Uh, we're going talk about Vontae Davis retiring at halftime, Josh Gordon to the Patriots, Antonio Brown's cryptic tweeting, a uh, little bit about the shitty teams in the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about Canelo Triple G. That's the big thing. Mad Lab is a boxing aficionado. We're going to go heavy into that at the end of the podcast. And uh, we're going to mix in some personal fun stuff, too. We have a little chat about our beer pong outings and the beer pong invitational. Where I dominated as usual. And then my favorite part about 45 minutes into the podcast. Make sure you don't miss this. We go into Mad Lab about his personal grooming. Uh, you will be guaranteed to be on the floor laughing, listening to that part. So, without further ado, hit it, Miyagi.
1: Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy.
0: Enemy deserve no mercy. Oh! What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy, Tommy G, here with episode three of the No Mercy podcast. As you heard in the intro, this is very uncensored, very raw. We've just completed week two in the NFL. Got a big show for you guys today. Got the two guys who were supposed to be the originators of the No Mercy pod, who you'll be hearing a lot of, one of which is related to me. The other one should be. Mike Ayrado, Mad Lab. What up, motherfucker?
1: What's going on, my dude?
0: <laughs> oh, Finally, we have you here. And uh, what did you think? Uh, we're going to talk about it later, but you were pretty pissed off about that Canelo fight, right?
1: Yeah, that was... Uh, I mean, listen, i, I got to be honest with you. I didn't even tell you this, but I did watch it again. And um, it was a good fight. was a close fight, but he definitely shouldn't have won that fight. All
0: right, so we're going to talk about that later on in the show. The other member of the pod, of the family... KG, known as the Bod, as he tries to make us talk to him and refer to him as Kurt. What up, KG? The fuck's up, son. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know, at uh Kurt basically handles all the customer the bod. service. The Bod, sorry, he's going to correct me every time. He likes to be referred to as the Bod Galad. So uh, the bot <laughs> handles all the customer service. So you guys have probably interacted with him in DMs. Me, him, and Mad Lab. Mad Lab is our combat sports director. Does everything for MMA and boxing over at GuruLeak.com. Fantasy bets, you name it. Uh, we basically get together every Saturday and watch the fights, and we sit on the phone for like five hours a day. And every conversation is fucking hysterical. So I figured this would be a good group to have on here. Uh, Mad Lab, you were burping uh, extensively in the pre-show. And um, you said it was because you ate a pickle?
1: Yeah, I had a little turkey (laughs) burger, a little cheddar cheese on there with a little brown rice, but I threw a little sliced dill on there. It gave me a little agita. (laughs) Kurt, how weak is his fucking stomach? It's the worst.
0: (laughs) You have the worst stomach I've ever seen. Lab, we got to get
2: you on the keto diet. Get the fuck out of here,
1: keto, my dick.
2: You want a bod like mine, you got to go keto.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Keep in mind, Kurt has like a dad bod, but he doesn't realize it, so... But, yeah, anything Mad Lab eats basically turns into fucking sewage in his stomach. And he's either burping or farting or keeled over in my apartment because something happened to him. But well, my I, health
1: insurance card in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> he came
0: over the other day and he walks in and I'm like, yo, what up, Lab? And I got to give him a hug. And he's like, no, 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 I can't, can't talk. talk. And he runs to the bathroom. And it's just, by the way, do you understand what you did to my toilet? Like, I had to clean that thing for like three hours based on fucking Mad Lab's monster ass. But, uh, so something- oh, that's why, bro, Listen,
1: that's why I go into the guest toilet. <laughs> that's why you're not allowed in the master. <laughs> you go in there. I kicked you out of the bathroom that one day. The, uh,
0: but you have the neon toilet too, lab. You still using that?
1: No this shit. Don't fucking work. bro. It worked for like two fucking days, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But what
0: did it do? It just lights up when you,
1: No, went yeah, it was pretty much like it was supposed to be like aesthetically nice and pleasing. Like you close the door, you shut the light. And it, it, you could, people could find their way to the bathroom. It illuminates different colors. But it was probably one of my fucking dumps that just toxified that thing. <laughs> <laughs> destroyed that fucking
0: huge ass. So here's some of the things we're going to talk about on the podcast today. Um, we're going to get into the Canelo Triple G fight. I know a lot of you over the weekend, we were watching a fight together. Uh, Lab was live tweeting it. Uh, we're going to talk about that kind of on the back end of the pod. So if you're looking for just the Canelo Triple G stuff, that's going to be the back-end stuff. Obviously, we just finished week two of the NFL, so we're going to talk some football. We got some Vontae Davis news. We got Fitzpatrick and Mahomes doing crazy shit. We got Josh Gordon situation that's going on. Mad Lab's a huge Niners fan, and Jimmy G, we want his take on how he's feeling. Kurt's a Bears fan, and Trubisky, they've been arguing about these two. I got a little, little hint for you guys that the lab might be a little wavering here. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the biggest disgraces in the NFL the Giants, the Cardinals, the Bills, the Browns. We're going to tie in a little bit about our beer pong outing. We had our beer pong invitational before the Canelo Triple G fight. We'll tell you a little bit how that went. Uh, we have a very interesting Twitter question or two about dicks. Uh, we can't go a whole podcast without Christ. talking about sticking stuff up your ass or or cocks. Um, obviously, Lab, this is showing that it's not me because I sent out a, a tweet saying, what do you want us to talk about on the show? And the first
1: two questions were about dicks. Well, that's because they want to know about the fucking the earth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The girth. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he says he's got the fattest dick in America. <laughs> in a, on the planet, America. On the planet. <laughs> so I guess we'll start off with, Kurt, you have a hard stop on this, right? So we had to start this podcast late, our recording, because of fucking Mad Lab. And so so what's your situation right now, Kurt? Because you assholes
2: can't wake up before like 10 a.m. And now we're doing a podcast in the afternoon. I got two kids. I got to pick up my kid in an hour. And I have a three-year-old running around. So if you hear noises, it's just
0: my kid. Nothing we could do. And that was Mad Lab's fault because Mad Lab, uh, what did I tell you on the phone, Kurt? We were talking on the phone. I said, Mad Lab's going to reach out at around 1130-ish. And he's going to tell us he's been up since 8.
2: No, but I agree with both sides because Mad Lab's right. Also, he said you should have organized it the night before. You should have sent out a text, guys. We're recording 10 a.m. Let's well, how this. about I disagree with both of you guys? What
0: the yeah. fuck,
1: bro? I just, <laughs> why, why, why don't why don't, you, why don't you say the true side of the story, which What's is that? that you guys claimed that you wanted to record a, a podcast at 11 a.m. and Tommy decides that he wants to call me at. 10:45 a.m. In which I returned him with a text message that I was on the phone. A minute later, so it's basically like Tommy has reverse agendas, where like he f- he goes into the future. He wants me. Uh, he wants to record at a certain time, but he doesn't call me until 2:45. I want to see one shred of like proof. Pers- I- like, what, what does he think? I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm like, gonna, like I, as soon as my eyes open, I'm like, oh, let me call Tommy. Yeah, you do. You on your phone all day. It's, it's attached to you. You're like a fucking
0: 12-year-old girl in high school on Instagram. Mad Lab
1: needs peace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you can show me one shred of evidence, anything on a computer, on an email, anything, that you were actually up at 8 a.m. when you said you were fucking up, I will blow you next time you're over here. Uh, I will never
1: show you that just for that reason. Zero <laughs> percent chance.
0: So we released a, a poll. I mean, what was the biggest takeaways in this NFL season is there's really two teams that don't even deserve to be in the league. For those of you that watch the games this week, we're only in week two. So everyone calm the fuck down, writing off the Patriots and, you know, writing off the Steelers and all that kind of shit. But, Kurt, you posted a poll on at no mercy pod. By the way, if you're going to follow us on Twitter uh, at no mercy pod is the handle uh, my handles at tommy g on instagram where you need to go follow me because i need to get fucking more instagram followers tommy g dfs david frank sam i'm going to give you one second right now to go do it okay good job and mad lab on twitter at mad lab mma uh, you guys should be following him and kurt on twitter is yo
2: follow the bod on all social media hashtag the bod <laughs> <laughs> Kurt doesn't do
0: social media so he doesn't have anything
2: so uh so Kurt, what yeah, the i'm res- in charge of social media for this podcast
0: and guru elite yeah that, that's <laughs> the funniest part of this our head of social media doesn't do social media uh Kirk, what was the results of the poll that you posted up what was all right the we
2: got biggest dumpster fire shit show in the nfl this year the giants are at 19 percent the cardinals are at 40 percent and the bills are at 41 percent 41%. I don't know how you don't put the Browns in there. Because the Browns could technically be 2-0 and right
0: now. But that's kind of what makes them such a shit show. Well, they're that, not good at winning, but their defense is actually really good. Their defense is good, and they have some weapons on offense. But the right. thing that makes the Browns such a shit show is they just can't get out of their own fucking way. They can't fucking get out of They're – They're just – you just know they're going to lose no matter what's happening. So I think the fact that they have the worst coach in the NFL – and Hugh Jackson, and they literally should be 2-0. They should be comfortably 2-0. They could have won both those games by a decent amount if they had any fucking closing skills. But uh, who do you think's worse, Lab? We'll take the Browns out of it. I know you want to talk about the beloved Giants, so who do you think? I'm gonna worse? say
1: I'm going to say the Giants. I'm going to say the Giants because I'm going to just tell you, with all their weapons, they're completely – I think that was a botched draft pick. Listen, the kid's going to be great. Saquon is going to be great, but they should have not taken Saquon Barkley as their pick. You know what I mean? They, they got plenty of weapons on offense. They're completely fucking underperforming. So, I mean, if you look it on on paper from weapons and, and players, they technically are the better team than all those teams, and they're underperforming at 0-2. So I would say that they are the fuck. because you're, you're expecting it from the Browns. You're expecting it from the Bill. You're expecting it from certain teams. You're not expecting... From the Giants, I mean, you just gave a huge con, uh, contract to Beckham. You got Saquon Barkley. You got you got the weapons, and you're still under fucking performing. And it's basically because, you know, look at the Bar- the Barkley like a lot of people, a lot of Giant fans, the real you know uh, fairweather Giant fans, they they want the best player, they want Saquon Barkley. But to me, that was a terrible draft pick. I don't think I, that was don't a don't good draft pick at all. all.
0: I don't agree with you at all. I I I do think the problem with the Giants and Kurt, me, and you have been talking about this forever is that they're spending all their fucking money on skill position players. That's what they've been doing. When, meanwhile, the giant teams that have been good have been good because of their defense, you know, and that's where they really built. They built their defense. But but, but that's
1: got... what I'm saying. On, on paper, if you look at their weapons, they got weapons, but the decisions that the office is making is wrong.
0: Right. No, the this overall decisions, I would say, are wrong. Drafting Barkley there, I think, was the right move because I think he's, he literally could go down possibly as – the most Absolutely talented not. running back in history. Yeah, and but even if he
2: does, what does that mean? It means nothing. Look at Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders never got to. A Super that's game. my point. What does he? You mean? don't build your line. You build from the inside out. You build your offensive line and your defensive line. Whatever else you have at running back does not matter. So it was a horrible
0: pick. I don't think so. I think you should have gone out and gotten lineman. I, I think we all well, agree I don't that think the, you can. The problem with the Giants is their line. But you can't imagine that if the Giants would have gone and taken. The fucking best offensive lineman on the board that in his first year in the league, he was going to be no. that much of a difference maker that the Giants were gonna be no. a better team.
2: But you do what the Cowboys did and you draft linemen for three straight years until you have that line to where
0: now you need a stud running back. I I just if Barkley's there, you take him. I think the Giants problems are bigger than Saquon Barkley, that draft pick. I think that's actually the only team that might that might save this team. Giving Odell Beckham that contract was a disgrace. Yeah. Giving him that much money, this dude's a crybaby bitch. He's the most overrated receiver in football. And honestly, I, I don't hate Eli Manning as much as everyone else does.
1: Bro, did you see the
0: game last night? Yeah, I he saw. He could of it.
1: not hit a deep ball if his life depended. Yeah, no, on no I, I
0: agree. He's he's not good. But how do you not draft a quarterback? I, I can understand. But that's maybe, my point. But I, that's the thing. I, I don't. I guess if you're going to say you could have gone a quarterback over Saquon, that's fine. You can make that argument. That's fine. But you could have got a quarterback later in the draft. They didn't even get another fucking quarterback. And, Kurt, you got a fucking boner for fucking Davis Webb. I don't know fucking why. No, I don't have a boner. I'm just
2: saying it's just illogical that where they win one or two games a year and still Eli Manning plays every single minute of the game. Like, see what you have. So then they want to see who they have, and they start fucking Geno, who's horrible, instead of starting someone that's been blowing up every preseason.
0: Yeah. I mean, they should have someone, but you should have someone better. On that team backing up Eli Manning than Davis Webb. But
2: just take him out. When you're down 30 in the fourth quarter, take him out and see what you have. That's all yeah, I care they don't, about. They don't
0: let Davis Webb. has nothing today. to do with Davis Webb. But, Gi- Lab, why do you hate the Giants so much? I you just fucking, can't stand them. There I, can't, is no- I can't
1: stand their fans. I can't stand the team. I can't stand the fucking nickname that their fucking fans gave them. Dude, I literally will go in my truck on a Sunday after they lose and just wave at the traffic that goes by me when they lose. Like, I can't stand. Bro, like, think about all the fucking cool nicknames that teams even have. Like, you know, Gang you know, the the Dog Pound, Niner Nation, Niner Empire. Like, they got the big fucking blue. Who the fuck came up with that name, big fucking blue? Like, really think about it. Everything about them just gives me out. Their fucking
0: fans are the worst. because. And I fucking- live
1: a mile away from the stadium.
0: Yeah. I, I, I used to live there. I used to live in Secaucus. I used to fucking, when I moved from California, I didn't know what Secaucus was. And I realized I, I was living in a swamp. But uh, it was a go- you were at my old apartment at Secaucus. Wasn't that like the sickest apartment yeah. you've ever seen, left?
1: Yeah, that place that place was dope. Was I, just- let me tell you something. If I had a paintball bazooka gun that shot like a mile and a half, dude, I would literally sit on my balcony every Sunday home game and just fucking launch paintballs into the stadium. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're the worst fans because they know nothing. Nothing. They know Not- nothing about football. Nothing. 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 Live in Jersey, live in New York. Listen, Jet fans are like Met fans, right? They're just degenerate. I'm a Jets fan, so I'm saying this as one. Just degenerate fucking, you know, they get in fights at the games. They throw beer at people. They're drunk. You know, but you know, you got at least respect their loyalty, right? Because to, to still be a Jets fan this deep into this horrendous franchise, it's something that you have to at least respect their loyalty. Giants fans are the biggest bitch fair weather fucking fans in America. If the Giants aren't great, they just fucking when well, they close their eyes like we don't care about football this year. And then they know nothing about the game. They nothing. only know about the Giants, and they barely know about the Giants. And they, this is
1: their biggest argument. This is what I can't fucking stand. This is what drives me nuts. And, like, honestly, like, right now I want to put my fucking head through a wall. When you bring up the greatest quarterback of all time and you say, you know, Tom Brady, you're like, well, how, how can you say that? Eli Manning beat him. Like, who well, shut the fuck up. They're fucking Giants. They only know the Giants. That's all they know is the fucking
0: Giants. That's it. They only know the fucking Giants, and they barely know the fucking Giants. That's the worst thing. So, I do hate Giants fans. Kurt, could you hate any sports team as much as fucking Mad Lab hates the Giants or no?
2: No, I don't. I don't even group everyone together. Like, Giant fans are annoying. If you go to the bar, every first down, they got a clap. Every catch is a clap. It's just constant clapping. It's a little annoying, but I mean. I don't know. Mad Let's design. go, Big Blue! Fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> fucking Big Blue. But you got to remember, the Giants appeal to everyone that, like, doesn't know football. Like, your first team was probably the Giants. My first team was the Giants
1: when I was, like, two. Never, 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 never. When you were yeah. five, you were probably... My first... No, I'm going to tell you the story. I'm a 49er fan. My mother's brother lived in san francisco every christmas he came uh, back to new jersey to visit us on christmas and every year that's all he got me as a child was something else with the 49ers i was born and bred a 49er fan all
0: right. yeah i think i started as a giants fan then converted to the jets right everyone
2: starts it's like soccer you play soccer when you're a kid until you discover football you start with the giants until you discover
0: the bears the 49 at least that's in this area obviously this area of the country
2: but uh, right. So we got
0: Arizona and the Bills are just the two most disgraceful. I think that's fucking cl- open and shut case. They're fucking terrible. I was looking at a stat today. Kurt, you showed it. To, was it you that showed it to me, Kurt? The David Johnson yeah, thing? Yeah, David Johnson from Michael Clay. Oh, dude. Mike Clay posted something about David Johnson. Well, Michael Clay retweeted someone Why do you keep calling something? him Michael Clay? Are you all like are, are you like family with him? Like Michael? Like is, did close. he do something wrong? No, I love him. <laughs> oh, Clay's the best. You always call him Michael Clay. Michael Clay. <laughs> it's very professional. Uh, yeah. Mike, Michael Clay of ESPN, a friend of mine actually, actually reported. Lab, we saw him at the uh, at the NASCAR race we went to with, with Ty Dillon. Yes,
1: um, we did, yep. Yeah. yeah,
0: but uh, Clay, Clay reported something or showed a stat that 13 of David Johnson's 14 rushing attempts this week were between the tackles. Like, literally yeah. 13 out of 14, and I think the other one, judging by the line, looked like it was built to be between the tackles, and he just bounced it outside. You have a guy who's amazing in space, amazing outside, amazing pass catcher. And all you're doing is pounding this guy up the middle over the guards. Like, it's fucking insane. You have no line. Arizona has no fucking line at all.
1: Well, he, here is the question now that leads into the question. When I was on the phone with Tommy earlier that leads into the, bond, the question. I said that uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you a blind question, remember? Oh,
0: yeah. So this is the question that leads into the question. This is, this is the blind question. I feel like right. we're in inception right now. This is quite the rabbit Yeah, and, and this
1: there. isn't only for me. I'm sure this is for a, a ton of people, and I want your perception on this. How nervous and how... Um, scared should you be right now of David Johnson's performance going forward? You should
0: be shitting your pants. You should be absolutely fucking shitting your pants. Not even nervous. You should be shitting your fucking pants. And this is why those people who read the Tommy G draft guide On Guru Elite, which there's a lot of nuggets in that that are just fucking just nails, 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 nails. Alex Collins, I was worried about the split carry backfield. Predicting McKinnon would get hurt. Told you guys not to draft Fournette because he was gonna get hurt. Said I don't want to go anywhere near the four pick in a draft. It's in writing in the article because I do not want to have to make a decision on David Johnson. Because I did not want him on my team, but I know his skills, and here it is. They have no fucking line, they have no fucking quarterback. The crazy thing, Lab, this fucking Rams team, last they have no linebackers. They can't fucking cover anyone. So this team just gave up like 13 catches to running backs in a similar game flow the week before. David Johnson had one catch. One catch in this game. Two targets in this game. Like, you have to get this motherfucker the ball. So at least Arizona has some weapons, Kurt, that got Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald. They got David Johnson. They got a couple things you can kind of work around a little bit. The Bills have absolutely fucking nothing.
2: Yeah, the, the Bills are shot. McCoy's going to be shot all year. Their line's horrible. I don't know what they're drafting. Their receivers are garbage. I don't Josh know. Allen's that team's fucking dumb. overrated.
0: But who, but who wins if they play? That's the thing. I want to see that game. Did they play each other this year? That would be amazing. Let me check here. Uh, schedule. No, that would be classic. But ESPN doing it. I think it's ESPN. Who does Thursday Night Football now? I don't even fucking know. But uh, whoever's doing Thursday Night Football, a great scheduling job by the NFL this week uh, for Thursday Night Football, making sure to get us Baltimore-Cincinnati last week, which is usually one of the lowest scoring games in history that no one cares about. Um, And now this week, what they're doing for us, amazing week three, we're going to have I think it's the Jets in Cleveland. Yeah, the Jets at Cleveland. Excellent scheduling by the NFL, making sure to make that Thursday Night Game, which has been getting shit on. For a long time, about having terrible ratings, they're going to get us the Jets in Cleveland right out the gate. You got, you got to be nervous about this one. I mean, this is our season.
1: I'm saying, but this is not only that. I'm just saying, like, like they could have, they had opportunities two weeks in a row to get off the schneid. They're due. The Browns are due right now. This is, no,
0: this is bad. You don't want to be the first team to lose to the Browns. And
1: you don't want exactly, – that's what I'm saying. You go down forget and about your season. I'm talking about just on a, on, a, on a national platform, you know, Thursday night against the Browns. They almost got off the Schneid twice this week, but everyone's only seeing the 0-2 record against the Jets. And this is like, this just smells like. Well,
2: oh, one and one Cleveland is home, Wait, oh, one and one. favored by three, but I'm just <laughs> saying
1: they haven't, they haven't won a game in over 600 days. Yeah. This, this you know this what I mean? That. So I'm saying like, this is, this smells like the game where the, the Browns get off the Schneider. Yeah. It's All gotta
0: right. be on a Thursday night when they win. No, they're going to lose on national TV again. Cause that's what they do. Two big stories coming out of two of these shitty teams that we'll dovetail onto right now. We're going to talk about Antonio Brown too. I want to get to that. So you guys remind me to get to Antonio Brown, but, uh, the Bills are so bad, and if any of you slept in today or really haven't been watching the news and focusing around, you probably didn't even realize this. Um, I, Kurt, I don't think you knew until I told you this morning in lab. I don't think you did either, and I didn't know until I saw it on Twitter. This kind of went a little unreported uh, until after the games, but we were all locked in and drunk by that point. Vontae Davis actually retired at halftime from the Bills. He literally went into the locker room at halftime and retired didn't even make, like, a big statement to the team or give any excuses or anything. Guys were finding out on the sidelines in the second half when they were asking where Avante is. Have, have you ever seen anything like that, Lab? No,
1: no, no, I mean, I, I, to me, honestly, from a, from a moral perspective and from a teammate perspective, that's disgusting. It's going to do nothing for his stock if he ever decided to go to another team. But I, can, I, I probably know his mindset on why he did it. I don't agree with it. But I mean, from a defensive standpoint, I mean they're kind of camping out on the field. It's one, two, three out, one, two, three out, and the, and the defense is just there, getting mortified and embarrassed, dude. So you
2: hypocrite, motherfucker! <laughs> you I piece think I know what shit. that voice
0: is leading to. I, I I'm you I think I'm, cocksucker. I think I know this just by his tone and. Growing up with this kid, no, no you, you don't understand. You wouldn't understand. Uh, Kurt, let me tell. I don't if believe I'm right. in this. I don't understand. Tell me if I'm right, Kurt. I think I have a funny feeling where this is heading. From knowing, I that, said I you know. Really I said I don't no agree with it, but I said I know where his no, mind. Oh, you know is. where he's going to. Okay, oh. Kurt. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's tell the audience what you're talking about here. Mad Lab,
2: who doesn't believe in this quitting when we th- we're playing beer pong, quits on me. Quit on no, me. And no, I had to play right. solo. Because the fight was on. No no, 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 no. It was before the fight went no,
0: on. No, no, no. The fucking fight was on You're bullshit. Such a bullshitter, Listen You're to a me. Bullshitter. A, month ago, we the- a, one, a month ago, we were here watching. the lot bullshitters. A month ago, we were here watching the fights, And it was me, Mad Lab Kurt, and uh, our boy, Mike Constantino, who will probably get on this pod at some point, who calls you Mad Lab. The little space in between, which I love. Uh, does he know he beer. does that? I don't think yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He, do- I yeah he does. He does now? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so... We're playing beer pong, right? We set up so beer like pong in my house. And this started because I was telling everyone how I'm the GOAT. And everyone else in the room was like, I'm the best. I'm the best. And Mike's like, Constantino was like, I've never played before. Like, he's never played beer pong. So I was like, oh, right, you'll be my partner since I'm the GOAT. First game in, the GOAT, Tommy G, goes in there, fucking bounces on fucking Kurt and Mad Lab for two cups. Mad Lab starts screaming at Kurt. They're fucking yelling at each other, They're threatening to fight each other in the middle of the living room. Obviously... The GOAT and Constantino win the first game. And then Mad Lab just shut it the fuck down. Shut Beer Pong down. We kept playing. Mad Lab, we'd like to hear your side of the story.
1: All right, so this is what happens. Uh, and don't and tell gentlemen. us the bullshit that it fights ladies and The ladies and gentlemen of the DFS community and further and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, this is really what happened. All right, Because I'm so dedicated to the subscribers, and because my oh, whole soul purpose on Saturday night route. is to, my listen, I object. Overruled. Right. So I'm, when I when I sit down and I'm getting ready to prepare for the fights, and I'm getting ready to tweet out to you guys, let you guys know what's going on. I need the TV on. I need the volume on. I need to concentrate. I can't have any kind of distractions. So basically, what happened was after the game, after the game, they wanted to play again, and the fights were basically starting. I'm wrong. In like five minutes, Wrong. the the main card. Yes, Wrong. they were. So I sat down and I wanted to just shut it down. By the time the fights were over, Mad Lab's an old man. Mad Lab wants to go home. Wrong. All right, so Mad Lab ended up going home. So that's basically if that's what's called quitting, then fine. It's you called quit. quitting. I didn't Kirk quit for didn't nothing.
0: Kurt did barely hit a fucking cup. Like it no,
1: matter. I was
2: rusty because I haven't played in like.
1: But you see, that's how loyal of a friend I am. I don't even. Loyal of a that up. you are. You abandon him as a teammate. You because the said, fucking kid, the kid who couldn't hit a fucking swimming bro, it was, pool. It was one game I couldn't hit a swimming pool. Did you
2: saw me dominate last week?
1: Yeah, last week. Yeah. And, I, and I and I was appreciative.
0: Yeah, so Mad hit like fucking, what, I don't know, like six cups or five <laughs> cups in that game. Kurt, I think, hit one maybe. when He I said, didn't hit nothing. When I say bro, hit. Bro, I I
1: no, 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 no. And he wasn't Tom even weekend. fucking cognizant of the, of cognizant.
0: the When I said of hit cognizant. a cup, I meant actually hit. A rim of a cup lad. <laughs>
1: yeah, like so. Kurt was atrocious, right? But no, I see. was hitting
2: the rim every time. You could see, no, guys. I, I want it.
1: you to picture what I look like in that game. It looked like picture back in the back no, in the day when Patrick Ewing used to get With the John ball Stark. on the baseline and just do that beautiful turnaround fadeaway. That's exactly what I was all game.
0: Right. So so Manlove had a good game, um, lost to me and my rookie partner who'd never played before. And then when he says loyalty, this and that, literally not only abandoned Kurt. Talked shit to Kurt the whole game, made Kurt feel this big, and then the next no. day when I was like, "Yo, we're gonna do a rematch with me and Mike for you and Kurt," he's like, "No, I'm bringing in a new partner. I'm bringing
1: in someone that can play." <laughs> Didn't he, Kurt? <laughs> yeah, but totally
0: shut you down. Totally shut you down. So me, yo, Kurt, yo,
1: Tommy, do you want to bring up? Do you want to bring up how Mad Lab <laughs> altered the fucking family kink between your team? Between what?
0: Oh yeah, you the way that I- piece of shit.
1: Yeah. So
0: my partner, Mike, and and I'll give you the whole story, okay? because I I initially didn't want this getting out. But this is no mercy podcast. So and then we'll get back to the football stuff and Josh Gordon and all that in a minute. So I was teaching Mike Constantino, who has beautiful natural skill, was was literally a prodigy, like walked onto the table and was just raining cups. I was teaching him a little strategy, little do this, do that, hold the ball like this, throw it like that, do it like this, take re-rack like this. And uh, we formed a masterful team. And we were just running through everyone like a hot knife through butter. And then he said, you know what? And I played him and beat his ass. And then after we got a little hotter, he goes, Tommy, let's play. Now, keep in mind, we're playing during the MMA fights, which Mad Lab is like, you can only play on the commercial breaks. Because he needed to tweet out for the subs. So the game was Dedication.
1: Like, hashtag, was, hashtag
0: dedication. It was two and a half hours long, right? The me and Mike game. Not because we were missing, because we... Take two shots and sit down for five minutes. Take two shots and sit down for five minutes. And honestly, I would admit this, Constantino beat me. I don't know how the fuck it happened. It, everyone loses sometimes or once in a while. But And then the shit talking started where my little student started turning against his sensei. And it was all fucking Mad Lab. Mad Lab's in his ear going, don't give him <laughs> a rematch. You got the belt. Fuck him. You're better than him. This and that. And broke up our team from within. <laughs> Broke up our team from within. So I had to have a little emergency press conference with Michael Constantino, and uh, we we put the band back together, and Mad Lab accepted Kurt as his teammate again for this session. And Kurt was awesome. I would fucking, I would be willing to shit. say that Kurt was the second-best player in the room for a majority of the night until Mad Lab got a couple drinks in him, and then he started raining and became very good too. But uh, what was your guys' record against me uh, the other night?
1: We lost you every game.
0: How many every games? Game. We like lost six, f- seven, five, five, five games, right? No, it was more than five. It was like nine. Well, whatever. I'm
1: gonna I, listen. I'm a man of my word. I'm a, and I'm a man of honesty. All right. And Tommy was was money, dude. I mean, the single cup drops, the fucking double, the, you know, doubles in one cup. Like, keep the guy. The guy's money. The guy won fair and square. He's a better beer pong player than me. So I'll give him. the I hand appreciate. It. So that's deep. how this. How about
0: started.
2: this? Next time we play one on one, we periscope. That's what I was gonna say. The...
1: We're filming it.
0: We're filming it for you guys. So the next Beer Pong Invitational, uh, we will be filming it for you guys. And we will uh, live stream from At no, per- no Mercy Pod. Maybe we'll start a periscope for, for, uh, <laughs> for, uh, for At No Mercy. And, uh, and we'll show it to you. But it uh, was fun. We'll be doing it again. And uh, maybe we'll even have, like, a fan invitational where someone can win something to come play with us in Beer Pong. Anyway, back to football. We have uh, some interesting news here with the Browns, one of those shitty teams that we were talking about. Where uh, Mr. Josh Gordon, the perennial fucking head case, is first he was cut and then he's about to be traded. And we just got word that Josh Gordon will actually be a new member of the New England Patriots. Mr. Laboratory, this was actually your call. A lot of people said it. A lot of people said he was going to go to the Patriots. But you were the one, even after they had the rumors saying they're only going to trade him to the NFC. The Cowboys came on the list. MyBookie, mybookie.com, who you could use promo code GuruElite uh, for a hundred percent deposit bonus, had odds for the Patriots at eight to one and the Cowboys, the Niners, all these other teams were up there. What's your feeling on this, Mr. Laboratory?
1: Now, I'm upset about it, obviously, because the Niners could have used them, but uh it's a bill check move, man. It's total bill check move. I mean, he if you I mean if you think about it, if you're asking a player, you know, where he wants to go, you could say listen, especially a receiver. You wanna go play with Garoppolo? you wanna play with Dak Prescott, or do you wanna play with Tom Brady? That's it's 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 a no brain call, and I think Belichick knows that. He can have anybody he wants in the wide receiver department, if they're free agents or if they're willing to go on the trading block. So it's almost like look, he did it with Randy Moss, he's not afraid of head cases, obviously. And I think if anybody's gonna tame that kid for even just one season, it would be them.
2: Kurt. No, no, I just got in a friend with my argument. You uh, didn't no.
1: correct me by calling you
0: Kurt.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, FYI, it's the bod. Uh, yeah. I just got an argument with my friend or who's excited. Cause he has Josh Gordon and all the Josh Gordon owners are going nuts, but I mean, I'm, I'm so tired of it. Like it's just I'm tired. What do you think it's going to happen in new England? Nothing's going to change. He's the same head case. He was in Cleveland over under three weeks before he's cut by Belichick. I, I mean, I don't get it. What do you think's going to happen?
0: I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, as someone who unfortunately Owns Josh Gordon in a league, even though I told everyone not to draft him because of exactly what you said. I mean, my whole thing is I I went on this fucking rant uh, on Twitter the other day where I made a statement saying, Josh Gordon, stop making excuses for this motherfucker because he has mental, you know, everyone has a disorder nowadays, right? Like everyone has, you know, ADD and then uh, ADHD and then a depression disorder. And then, you know, being a fucking hornball like Tiger Woods, you're not just a fucking horny creep. You have a sex addiction and everyone has a fucking problem and a diagnosis for it. Whereas 15, 20 years ago, everyone had these same motherfucking problems. They just weren't fucking snowflakes who would make excuses and blame everyone else and hop and pop themselves up on fucking meds. You just fucking dealt with your personality flaws and tried to change them or work through them or accepted who the fuck you were. Josh Gordon doesn't have a mental disorder. He's a fucking fucktard. That's what it is. He's a fucktard. That's his mental disorder. Fucktard. All right, That's why he's doing drugs and then doing this and doing that. And listen, as someone who's done drugs, that's fine. Do it. Just fucking own it. He's going to definitely slip up. He is going to fuck up. He is a fuck up. He's going to be a fuck up on any team he goes to. But I think he can get through this three-month period without fucking up. I think he'll be okay through this season in a new organization with a new team and Belichick and Brady and all the mentorship around him. So I, so, I think he gets through the year fine. So guys. you think the Patriots cure addiction? No. <laughs> no I just think they can. I think so they is can he going to make it? In, I think he can keep him in line for a couple months, right? It's like Tommy G. Ugh. Can Tommy G be good for a weekend? Like, yeah, I could be good no, for a weekend. No, but he's coming off of a
2: preseason where he was a mess, where he wasn't even playing because he was a mess. And who he's knows what happened Browns, this dude. week?
0: The Browns are a shit show. That's the thing you gotta look at, though. He's, he was with the Browns. Lab, he, the Browns are a fucking disaster. Like well, that's he, like putting me in Vegas. We right? talked
1: about that. We talked about that a while ago. With like some of the talent that the Browns have had, like not saying that they would have panned out on other teams to be great talents, but guys like Josh Cribbs, guys like they just don't know how to use their 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 players. They just don't know how. And and they have no leadership. Have you seen Hugh Jackson? He's the worst. Did
0: you watch Hard Knocks? Like. He's these guys would fuck up, like, hiding shit from him, like, shit that would come out in the media. Like, like all these guys. And you had no idea. And if he did, he's like, it's, uh, it's okay. We'll be fine. We'll, be, we'll work through this. This is what we do. Well, he just wants like, to he, be liked. Right, exactly. And you're never, it's putting Josh Gordon in New England and telling him to behave for a couple months is like putting Tommy G in back living with my mom or something like that. It's with, a landing pod for a short amount right. of time. Right, like put me with my mom for two months and tell me not to go fucking be bringing chicks over and doing blow and all this kind of crazy shit, right? Like, yeah, that'll be fine, right? But putting Josh Gordon in Cleveland is like putting Tommy G in Vegas. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the environment was not conducive, not to mention they have a bunch of other fucktards on that team. I just think we can get two months out of him. I, I don't think he'll be there next year. Three Works weeks. On. So let's let's assume he does make it, okay? Kurt has the over under three weeks. I'm taking the over, MadLab. I got the over by far. Got the over. What do you think he does there in New England? Do you I think he, th-
1: he? I think he, it's it's a very dangerous situation now for the entire AFC. Yeah, I agree. Well, it takes that's the really Cooks' role. No, I'm, he's far better than the Cooks' role. Yeah. But you know how the uh, Patriots I don't think do he's it. He's better than Cook. He, he, he's a poor, he's a poor man's Randy Moss role, which he broke records. Yeah, but that's
2: not how the Patriots do it anymore. Now it's oh, oh I, you think we're throwing well, a Gordon? Because they this never game?
1: had a Josh Gordon,
0: other I, than Randy Moss.
1: I agree. I I, I agree.
0: I, I listen. No matter what his role is, it's going to be bigger than whatever look what the they fuck did with Kembrel
1: Tompkins, dude. Look what they yeah. did with him because he was able to take the top off the defense. What, what the fuck did Kembrel Tompkins do after he left the Patriots? I think he was out of the league. Well, most of these
0: guys are shit, and then on the Patriots, there's something, and then they leave, and then they're shit again. So, I mean, if you look at who they have, they have Hogan who can go deep. They have Edelman who's an underneath guy who should be back in a couple weeks. Josh Gordon's a perfect fit for that team. Got a guy who can actually get him the ball. So, I don't think it's a skill set thing. The thing I'm worried about is he's dumb as fuck. So, I'm wondering how long it's going to take him to learn the playbook and how quickly they're going to integrate him and how long it's going to take him to be an integral part because – he wasn't starting week one for the Browns. He was scheduled to start in week two, but that's a team where he already knew the whole fucking playbook. So when do you guys think he'll actually be a full-time role on the Patriots? I'd give him two weeks.
2: Well, they're saying he's yeah he's going to play this week because his, uh, his hamstring magically healed once he got traded. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I knew mean, something was fishy there. Two, three yeah. weeks, but he'll be cut in three, so I don't know.
1: They're going to keep it simple for him, bro. you got to remember, too, they, they, they could utilize him a lot of different ways. Even if he doesn't know the playbook, he could take the pressure off off Gronkowski. A lot of pressure off Gronkowski.
0: Yeah, no, that's, like, I, that's what I think. He's going to have a limited playbook at first, right? He's going to be running a lot of fucking go-routes and posts, right? He's going to be like the, the dumb kid on the high school football team. Kurt, you remember when you're playing – in lab, obviously you do, too. When you're playing high school football, uh, well, you well, know, well, the kid that never knew the playbook, but he was fast and he could catch, so they'd basically just tell him, all right, here's the play, give this to the quarterback, and you run a post. You know, and then he'd run that play and come back out and run in the third play after that. I think that's what they're going to do with Gordon. Every play that he goes to bring in, he's going to be fucking So you put him top around. 10
2: wrestled away? No. no.
0: no top 20? No. I think, I think uh, he's a wide receiver he, three, But four. By, I'll tell you one thing.
1: If he, if he pans out and he behaves himself and after a couple of weeks he starts showing, he could definitely be in the top top 20. Definitely. Yeah,
0: I think he's a wide receiver three or four for the first couple of weeks because yep. I don't think he's going to have the snaps. But yeah. when but he's full go, where do you have him? Top Full go? Yeah, top top 20. Maybe top 15. Yeah. I mean, dude, his talent is there. It's just a matter of – you can't – the guy's a physical freak. There's so many variables that can keep him out of there, like him fucking up, him not learning the playbook, him pissing someone off. But in an an optimal environment where Josh Gordon learns the playbook in a few weeks and is trusted by Tom Brady and is the physical freak that he is, he could be top five. I mean, you could could make that argument. But I would say top 15 is a safe assessment, but we're talking about wide receivers here. And one of the things that I found interesting was our boy Antonio Brown. Did you guys see what he did on Twitter today? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That
0: was interesting. For those that don't know, this kind of, you know, slid under the radar a little bit. Uh, It's got a hundred thousand likes now, but a B right. So this is Ryan Scarpino who actually was uh, his profile on Twitter says Pittsburgh born and raised did PR for the Steelers from 2010 to 2017 Um, you know, he's only got a few thousand followers. That's why he's disgruntled. Right. He's a, he's a nobody, right? He was in the PR department or whatever, but it's not about what he said. AB needs to thank his lucky stars because he was drafted by a team that had Ben and Ben got AB paid, you know, darn well, he wouldn't put up those numbers for another team. Keep in mind, AB wasn't tagged in this. He didn't tag AB 84. This is a kind of nobody. Probably like you said, Kurt, probably disgruntled former PR guy who didn't get along. And then Antonio Brown quote tweets it. His first, tweet since september 16th uh that was actually a day or two ago so his most recent tweet tweet today where he wrote trade me let's find out
2: yes and morons like you think that means he wants to be traded
0: i just it's a clap back right like uh, if someone on twitter goes
2: to you you're all you're only talking tough because mad lab's got your back what are you gonna say you're gonna say mad lab i don't need you stay over there
1: do you know how many clapbacks there's been in the last two years I, i don't know how many there's been a lot. There's been a lot. There... <laughs> do you know? What <laughs> you... Have you been oh, well, tracking I'm, I'm, that or something? <laughs> uh, no, I, I can give you. I, no, no, I, no, I can you know, give you no. examples. I can give you examples that it's almost like a cryptic thing between him and the right. organization. Yep. You know, if you look, if you look at bro, Terry no, I Bradshaw, think it's tough talk. Listen, Terry Bradshaw. Listen, how many times are you going to listen to people like Terry Bradshaw and reporters call him a spoiled brat? He actually ran the wrong routes when he was pissed off. Organization was unhappy, happy, happy with him because they were accusing him of um, in, uh, individual stat cushioning. You know what I mean? Like, kicking Gatorade jugs and stuff like that. Like, There's his something shit, within He when he recorded he, the
0: fucking press conference with Tomlin last year. When yeah, there's not something within the organization
1: in that's very cryptic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I don't think he's, he's really truly happy there. And I think if they offered him a trade, he, he probably b- would be happy to take it.
0: I mean, I, I'm sitting here looking at this Is the Le'Veon Bell shit is going down. Right? We know that. Le'Veon Bell is in the middle of fucking chaos. He's pissed at the fucking Steelers. Antonio Brown and him are probably best friends. It would make sense. Antonio Brown's probably pissed at the Steelers over this shit, sees what AB's doing. You just, I don't think we read too much into, you know, does Antonio Brown want to be traded? But he gets a 1,000 of these a day. There's probably a 1,000 people directing comments at him a day that he can clap back to. In the midst of the turmoil that the Steelers are going through, just coming off a loss, to Kansas city and a rookie quarterback got the shit going on with Le'Veon Bell. You got a lot of shit going on within this organization. That's negative. Now to write that tweet, trade me, let's find out. I don't know, man. I, I was saying it with Le'Veon Bell when I was avoiding him in drafts. And I was saying, I don't know, man, his Twitter is cryptic. Yeah. Like, that that just,
1: adds a lot of team. Yep, turmoil.
0: When he just would write shit, like, don't believe everything you hear, dot, dot, dot. Like, you're like, wait a minute. What? Like that was right. When the labor days talk was coming, that he was signing on labor day. Like, these guys tweet cryptic shit, and this yep. is a cryptic tweet right here. It's like Q-A-Nom. I honestly don't think – AB doesn't love being – with Juju being there, I'm telling you that. They can pretend like they're boys and all that. Well, you AB heard what, you heard what he said.
1: You heard what guys like Mortavis Bryant and stuff you know, used to say when they were there. They're, they're stealing the spotlight and, and stuff like that. And I think, you think you're right. I think there's something very cryptic about what's going on between him and the organization. I agree. But why don't we I discuss
2: agree. is he a product of the system?
1: I mean I think
0: the tweet's ridiculous. You know, ABC product tank. of the system
1: as far as would he be better on another team?
0: Right.
2: Is he or doing this on the
0: Bears?
1: Absolutely. Uh I think he does this no. on eight, I think he does it on eighty percent of the teams he goes well, to
0: Well, I mean it's it's the Tom Brady Bill Belichick argument that's been had for years amongst me and my friends. Like, is Brady a product of Belichick? Is Belichick only great because he's had Brady? You know, was Shaq only great because he had Kobe and LeBron and Dwayne Wade? Could Shaq like you're never going to fully know. Michael Jordan lab me and you had this argument. Would Jordan be Jordan if he didn't have Pippen and Phil Jackson? Like, you know, you, you can only go so far to say what would he be otherwise. I do hate when people say, you know, look what A.B. did all the games that Ben missed. I mean, dude, he had Landry and Vic throwing him the ball. Like, you're talking about going from a potential Hall of Fame quarterback to guys that should not even be in the fucking league, right? So, you know, if you gave Antonio Brown, like, Tannehill, would he be this? No, but would he still be a eight for eighty five guy? Yeah, you know, like, uh, it, but if he goes somewhere and he went with Brady, he'd be probably just as good, even better. If he went with Russell Wilson, he'd be just as good, even better. So, yeah. you know, no, he's I, an elite, elite talent.
1: I think everybody's a product of their. Everyone's a product. Of I, 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 except no, DeAndre, there's certain
0: guys that are product. DeAndre, of DeAndre the Hopkins system. is not. DeAndre Hopkins is a freak.
2: Right, there's certain guys that are in the right system. Like Antonio Brown's in the right system. Brady is in the right system. Zeke is in the right system. He's still an elite talent, but he's in the perfect system right now. The Steelers uh, is yeah, perfect. Yeah, for him.
0: I mean, same thing with Le'Veon Bell. It's Le'Veon Bell gonna rush for right. you know 1500 yards if he goes to the fucking Jets? Like, probably not. You know, like it's it's probably not gonna happen. But uh, I think there's something to this where there's smoke, there's fire. When these guys tweet cryptically. It's one of those things that I take very heavily into consideration. Very heavily. I've been saying the whole time, Le'Veon Bell ain't coming back for a while. Remember, Lab, I was trying to bait you to draft him when you were drafting ahead of me before we got the Le'Veon Bell. Yes, yep, yep, yep. I was like, I, I'm still saying this. Le'Veon Bell's going to drop a rap album. He's going to have a track that drops over the next few weeks. He's going to make $5 million off that, and we're going to understand why he didn't care about the money. But uh, this is this is a little bit of turmoil here. Uh, that is for sure. Fitzpatrick, how about Fitzmagic here? Did you see oh it, dude? He drove me him. crazy it's up awesome, until this weekend. I, I do with hated him. I hated that
2: beard. I hated everything about him until this weekend when he did the press conference.
1: <laughs> the press conference was amazing. How do you hate?
2: How do you hate? Because him? I don't know. That beard was so fucking annoying. You know, just, I don't know what it drunk, was. What, what, your beard bro, what, bro, what, forget weird.
1: Forget about the fucking beard, dude. The like, beard used, used to
2: drive me nuts.
1: Dude. This <laughs> is a guy. You know who reminds me, bro? Like everyone says he's like a journeyman. You know what I mean? But he's like that guy that drives around. You know, for you know, eight months out of the year in a in a in a, in a modest Camry, and then like maybe for three pickup months he truck. gets a fucking He get he get, yeah pickup truck, but then he gets into a Lamborghini for fucking three months. Like he has these spots where he looks magic, dude. He looks fucking brilliant. It's magic. Then he then he drops off a cliff. Yeah. Well, that was I, the
2: problem. He was so boring. That's why I didn't like him. So he was boring with that beard. Him. It was driving me nuts. But now the he's showing his weird. personality. I like it.
1: The Beard's weird.
0: uh, And the smart
1: thing that he did, I think, is build a very strong rapport with Deshaun Jackson. I think that's important.
0: That's crazy. Dude, who would have thought Deshaun Jackson, I'm pretty sure he's the leading receiver in the NFL. Like, This is a guy who people were straight avoiding everywhere in seasonal drafts. Like, No one was drafting Deshaun Jackson anywhere. Godwin was going ahead of Deshaun Jackson in drafts. He's like the number three on that team. So that's fucking crazy. Big Mike looks rejuvenated with Fitzpatrick. Um, Jameis is if Jameis comes I think we're all in agreement here I have no fucking idea how these dumb fucks on ESPN this fucking piece of shit channel actually are having full-on debates about does Jameis get the job back when he comes back but is it safe to say we're all in agreement fuck Jameis Winston Yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: 100%. Yeah. And, and even, even if he does get his job back, he's such a mental head case that he will drop the ball. What
0: has Jameis Winston done to make anyone think he even deserves a crack at this with the way Fitz is playing? If Fitz was Nothing. playing half this good, he still shouldn't have it. Keep in mind, yeah. the guy's not playing because of shit he did in the offseason. Like, this is, you know, he's not hurt. You know, he's a fucking train wreck. You know, that's, that's the problem with Jameis Winston right now, that he's a fucking mental case. And another one, just a guy who doesn't fucking get it. Um, speaking of some, um, Fitzpatrick here, that post-game interview, a lot of people don't realize, Kurt, that he borrowed, uh, borrowed Deshaun Jackson's fucking clothes. That wasn't <laughs> Fitzpatrick's clothes. He borrowed it from Deshaun Jackson, the chains. The fucking, that's why it looked so tight, the jacket. But uh, how great was that? He looked like Conor McGregor in the press conference. Oh, he's dead on with McGregor. I loved it. Right? It was sick. Like, what would you think?
1: Oh, it was great, dude. It was and then with Deshaun Jackson sitting in the corner with no shirt, i waiting for his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Asking Jackson sitting in the corner.
1: Fitzpatrick's like, I got two more questions <laughs> to answer, and then
0: I got to get Deshaun his gold chains back. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. But, uh, not, very hairy man. Very hairy man, Fitzpatrick. And uh, Mad Lab, we, like we've lab. spoken about your grooming before. Um, wh- what do you think? I mean, you're, you're a master groomer, correct?
1: I could not live like that. It, lo- it looks way too itchy. What would you Wait.
0: first do with him? Yeah. With him, Yeah, what first of all, first let's, let's not
1: talking. let's not put this in that kind of wheelhouse, dude. Let's talk about if that was me. Yeah, if that was you. Yeah, all right, all right. If that was me, we're the not first talking about what you fuck him. We're yeah. saying what no no There's no possible fucking way that I would step on a fucking podium with fucking even a fucking a, a, a swirly one swirly hair coming out of my chest, dude. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. My nose hair's got to be fucking trimmed. My fucking beard's got to be trimmed. My chest beard. has to be trimmed. My beard's weird. Everything's got to be trimmed, dude. There's there's just there's the only place a man should have fucking hair is on his fucking legs, dude. And we Other s- than that, out. And your head. We've
0: spoken about this before, Mad Lab. You're, uh, we need to let everyone know. Um, you are an ex- First of all, you're a hairy beast, right? But you might not know it because you shave everything, right? Yeah. So your uh, you're grooming techniques before heading into a date, uh, when you have a date, walk us through a little bit of your grooming techniques.
1: Well, I got to groom you just got to groom you got I groom my arms I groom my chest yeah, It's I groom
0: a my, little more my, than grooming it's a little obsessive how, how do you do you, you're talking about uh, well stuff. I got a
1: couple different buzzers how, many? <laughs> how <laughs> many I got I got I got I got one buzzer for my I got two buzzers for my face now over and well yeah I got my I got my collection uh, up
0: right. yeah, I All got right.
1: yeah I got two for my face I got one to get the you know the, the wideness of the beard and everything and then I got Beards one to your... kind of get to the intricate details. Uh, I got another buzzer for my uh, for my arms and my chest itself. It's called the the Wall Peanut guys. If you want to invest in it, you can get it.
0: We get them as a sponsor for the pod. Okay. And then
1: I got this other blade that I just recently got. That's pretty insane. It's it, it looks like an actual handheld blade, like a normal like that you would just buy in the store, like a disposable blade. But it uh it's got this blade on it that that lasts like six months. It's very sharp and it's it doesn't cut you. So I use that to get to the cracks and crevices. <laughs> uh, to really, to really tighten up, and then what I do, you got to, gotta put, the, so how you gotta put ma- the. How many are we uh, at right now? How many? How many? We... I got a, I got all together. I got about five buzzers. And how many
0: razors? How many? Did you have two different types of razors too?
1: No, I use the. You got to use the different clips for the different levels.
0: Okay, so between razors, between this, razors, no, this, 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 and clips,
1: how many different levels would you say? You have? I go to. Uh, I, I go to the, the, the one, two. I don't know. Probably like four. Three, three different levels.
0: Okay. So, but How five buzzers do do were that? at? Did I hit the over four and a half?
1: Did you, uh, yeah, you hit over four and a half. All right. Five different- I, have, I have actually six buzzers. One, I can't find the charger, too. <laughs> Kurt. But
2: this isn't every week, right? This is just I, when you have like a date.
1: No, this is bro. It has nothing to do with date. It has to do with feeling good about myself, dude. This has <laughs> to do with, fucking, oh, like I just I need to I need to be t- trimmed, bro. Like I, I've How been. I, I've, How long? How long does this take? I've I've gone through a transition of obsession with making sure that my body's like fucking trimmed, ice. Um, what is it called? It takes me probably about because I keep up on it. It takes me about twenty minutes. That's it.
2: What's your bathroom look like when you're done?
1: <laughs> it, bro, it, yo. Yeah, it, it, Dude, it used it used to look like a it used, it used, to, your
0: it used like it, he seven the fucking-
1: bro, it used to look like a fucking a room at the Bronx Zoo where they would fucking trim down the monkeys. You know, but now I've learned, dude, I take I
0: a tank cage.
1: Nah, dude, I got beach towels, two beach towels that I put down. <laughs> then I How many mirrors. A, I shake them out on my balcony. What? How many, How many mirrors? mirrors do you have? I have the one in my bathroom. But then what I did was I have one. <laughs> <laughs> I got one mirror now. That <laughs> it's good though. It works though. It goes on the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. you get you get to like you almost get to like offensive lineman position over it. <laughs> You straddle the mirror? <laughs> nah, dude. You just put your like you get ready. You know, you you put your hands on your knees in offensive line position, and everything just everything just opens up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 so, so for the visual, error. so you're squatting like a fucking like a like a three point stance over your mirror right so that you could see your grundle and your balls and your and your uh, balloon knot and and are you are you going straight razor down there or are you No this is that
1: this is where that 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 new razor I told you about that I found comes in it looks like a disposable razor and it actually shaves you down to the skin but it's got a guard on it where it just cannot—you cannot get cut by it. I mean, you want to make sure your skin is nice. How does light. all
0: this take twenty minutes? First of all, you're like because six, I, I keep seven up.
1: fucking three hundred fifty pounds. No, you keep model. up on it, bro. You never let it get out of control. Actually, you saw me on Saturday. My hair got a little out, out of control. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You yeah, throw a so hat on for that. That's easy. Hair's well, easy. yeah, that's what I'm saying for my body, bro. If I don't, if you don't keep up with it, so then you're it's gonna do fire. that
0: even if you know you're not leaving the house for five days.
1: Absolutely, it, it has nothing to do with anyone, anything. It's but so myself, when you dude.
0: when you when you crank it, you just feel like like smooth and nice. Because what the fuck's the point if you know no
1: one's gonna see it? Because it's about being clean, dude. Oh, like I just I I look at hair on my body. Listen, you'll never see me shave my legs. I think that's like ridiculous. People who shave their legs, my legs. Always have hair. But on. arms are fine. Yeah, but no, arms, no, dude. I don't, I just feel like, I don't know, dude. I, listen, I don't, I don't look at a guy and they're like, oh, bro, he's got hairy arms. He's fucked up, dude. Like, I just, for me, dude, like, I look at hair as being dirty.
0: I don't shave my chest, my stomach. I don't have any hair on my back. Yeah, but you're not hairy. Dude.
1: But no, my chest and my stomach are pretty hairy now. I kind of, I think it adds a little,
0: uh, it hides, it hides the fact that I'm getting fat. So that's good.
1: Like, uh, I would probably have Fitzpatrick hair.
0: Yeah, you would, you're a fucking gorilla. Yeah, you know you, I would
1: probably have to. You're die. like the so third how do you you your now? back. I have oh, I have seven oh, buzzers. No. Oh, <laughs> I forgot that one, dude. I have the fucking it's 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 called the man groomer. So <laughs> basically, seven buzzers. Do you yeah, understand what you just said? Yeah, it's yeah, seven one, one, one of them, buzzers. Yeah, but the yeah, one six working buzzers. But the man groomer it folds, so it's basically like, uh, like it a selfie looks, stick. It almost looks like a selfie stick that opens up, dude. And then what you do? It's almost like a back scratcher. Uh-huh. You turn it on and it starts buzzing, and you just buzz, 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 dude, buzz. Dude, do
0: how does this take twenty oh. minutes? Dude, it takes me fucking fifteen minutes to shave my fucking balls.
1: Because like, it's almost like you when you set up your podcast, you know exactly. You go in, you you, you set it up. You know bow, like bow, what bow, you want bow. to talk about. I know the path and the avenues I need. It's like a fucking game plan. <laughs> <laughs> Got a fucking like treasure map. Yeah, treasure map to your fucking grundle.
0: Uh, So, guys, if you
1: guys ever need any grooming techniques, you know, (laughs) (laughs) madlabgrooming.com.
0: Fucking insane.
1: Uh, I want to talk a little
0: bit about Mahomes and some other stuff, but I want to get to Triple G Canelo while Kurt's here. I think, Kurt, you only got like another 10 minutes, right? Then you got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, about 10, 15. I got a hard out, as they say in the business. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this All right. <laughs> Give us a countdown when you're at it uh, I want to yeah. get to one Twitter question first Then we're going to get to t- Canelo Triple G uh, And then maybe me and Man Lab will rift a little bit On some more uh, on some more football stuff But the uh, here's the Twitter question And I know you guys are going to hate it Because you keep making fun of me Because every episode of this podcast either has anal play Or fucking sticking drugs up your ass Or which guy you want to blow on fucking Guru Elite Shit like that So uh, this is kind of in that realm It was the first response to the tweet I tweeted out Uh, saying, you know, what do you guys want us to talk about on the podcast? And honestly, it's a fantastic question. Like, I'm trying to keep the fucking anal play stuff with you guys out, because I know you're both too cool for school, fucking alpha males, but here's the one. This is a really good question. Would you rather... This is from Josh Wilson. Would you rather have your dick be nine inches long, but you can never come, or two and a half inches long, and you can come like a normal person? So a nine inch dick where you can't ever come and someone followed up on it. It's literally can't ever experience an orgasm. Cause I know some girls can orgasm. not Like you just can't ever finish or two and a half inches long and you can come as normal. Um, who would like to start?
2: Kurt? Uh, I'm going two and a half, lock it up. There's no way because just cause of the buildup alone. It's going mean, to change I, your whole attitude, your demeanor. It's going to the me. But isn't it going to change time?
0: your attitude if you got a two and a half inch cock? Oh, I didn't think of that. Uh, I mean, you should. You have a three and a half inch cop. So <laughs> it's, 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 I knew Kurt was going to be a lock for two and a half. He's like, I mean, No, 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 no I got fine. a big
2: D. Don't worry about my D.
0: You <laughs> um, <laughs> You're a yeah, out of your D's big. Yeah, you're related to me, so you got
2: to have a half. The D's part of the bod. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with
0: two and a half just because it's going to fuck you up mentally. I don't know, man. I think that would fuck me up mentally more. I'm dying. I, I have my answer. Um, but I, I have to first um, kick over to uh, to the Mad Lab. Oh. I just have
1: one question. I need I need something solidified here. Yes, I know you would. So now, when you say <laughs> that, like you can't you can't uh, can't come, I'm saying now, is this meaning that like you literally have an orgasm? And your no, no, no. Your dick, no, your dick dry heaves nothing out. No. <laughs> or is this mean like you can't feel the sensation? You can of an never orgasm? get to orgasm. You right, can well, never my, get to it, orgasm. My answer still is quite simple. My answer is without a doubt, I'd rather have a fucking nine inch stick than than orgasm with a two and a half inch stick because the fact of the matter is the legend you know the the legend will you know you, what do you what do you want you, you you know what I mean it's just like two and a half inch dick like i don't know dude i just i couldn't do it I'd rather have a nine inch stick and fucking and 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 last and never experience it than then a two and a half inch yeah, stick. Yeah,
2: you say that now guys. until no, you have no, like a no, four month no, buildup and you're walking I, around. Because I have a two
1: and a half inch stick. Why the fuck? I wouldn't even want to pull my pants down.
2: Yeah, but imagine not being able
0: to shoot your load ever. Yeah. Like you flip nah, out on nah, me for not ever. fucking watching the beer nah, pong table. Imagine nah. like three months in.
1: <laughs> I think I would take the nine inch stick. I don't break.
0: know, Mad Lab. I, I think you jerk off a lot. I don't know. I think. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, would I
1: would mean, probably
0: still be so motivated that he'd sit there for twelve hours trying. But wait, to hold on a second.
1: You still feel the sensation? No, of being horny, no. Of horny, of horny, of being horny, though, right? Yeah, but not being able I, to release You can't come. It. You can't come. You can't come. But I'm saying you still feel horny, like yes, you still get horny. But the
0: out. worst part of jerking off is when you can't come. So. No, I got
1: to, I got to stick with the nine. I'm sorry. I'm sticking with the nine.
0: One, because I'm already comfortable because I have one, and two, because for me, it, it there's there could be a little loophole in this question to where. If it happened now, like, right, like if right now they said, "Tommy, you go to two and a half or nine, I might be like, fuck, you know, I I might take the two and a half because now, you know, I got money. I got I got swag. I got more confidence. I'm good. Like if I had a little dick, I just find a girl from the past that I know fucking just loves me for me. Right. Like and go with it. But if I never it's easy question if it was from birth, because if I never experienced coming, I don't even know what it's like or what it is. So I wouldn't miss it. Right. It's like saying, like, could
1: you go that? But what are you going to tell? What are you going to tell a girl from the past? Like, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in three years. Look how small my I'm
0: fucking rich now. None of that matters. I bring a fucking eight ball in my wallet and she'll be like, I don't care if you have an any. No, the perfect
2: example is the Seinfeld episode. Remember when they did that 30 day challenge or whatever? And then every time someone knocked off, you just see him laying peacefully in bed. Right. And then the other person's just out of their mind. That's yeah. how it's going to be. You're going to be out of your mind all the time.
0: Just build up. We we have to come to not kill people usually. Right. So yeah, Mad Lab would be very angry. Very. Right. But I would definitely take the take the nine incher, without a doubt. Because honestly, on, there's a huge positive to that too, Lab. You can never come early. That's what that's that's, you're, that's you're what I'm thinking. Fucking no. god, with every girl you see. That's it. what I said. The you legend never have on. to wear a condom. You never have to fucking worry no, about coming No, because then the girls, the girls
2: offended because you didn't are, finish. What condoms?
1: What? What does a condom have to do with anything? I'm just saying you can't get a girl pregnant. No, but I'm saying you said you never have to. Oh, I see yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, you never oh, have to oh, wear yeah, a condom. Yeah, yeah.
0: like Even if it's your girlfriend, right? I don't like, worry about us. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. some people still wear condoms with their girlfriends. I mean, we call those people fucking weirdos. But some people still wear condoms with their girlfriends because they don't want to get them pregnant. So yeah, I see what you're saying. You literally you overperform every outing. Like, every outing, every girl leaves feeling miserable because she's like, fuck, I couldn't even make them come. Like, you know how you feel when you, when you sleep with a girl and she doesn't come? Like, you feel like, fuck No, right? I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> it's never happened to me. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> I didn't even know they did come until like a week ago when someone told me. i <laughs> 20 years without realizing that. But, um, but, yeah, like, you feel like you, like you need a rematch. You know, like, you're like, I gotta, I gotta fuck.
1: Him. Yeah, but now here's the flip side of the coin. What happens if they come, if, like, they leave your house and just, like, dude, like, this is too much work. Like, I Well, don't, that's another
0: is... part of it, right? Like, you could always fake coming, I
1: guess. Like,
0: I've done that before. You
1: know, where, like, because they, they, they're sitting there. They're not telling you, right? right, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, what if they leave your the house? They're going like, to be dude,
0: broken souls if they, after, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, great it was, for one was, night stands. Let's much. put it that way. It's great for one night stands, but your girlfriend's going to want to fucking, uh, you know. Yeah. And you'd never get to never get to shoot in a girl's face ever again. That's that's literally the greatest thing you could ever do. But um, great question right there. So let's get to Canelo Triple G here. Let me just look. I'm just looking at the clock here. Kurt, how much time you got? Ten minutes. All right, ten minutes. Uh, Canelo Triple G. This was a fight between not Canelo and Triple G, but the bod and the lab uh, in my house. Kurt was team Canelo the whole fight. Lab was team Triple G. I was triple G obviously Jimmy G triple G you name it I like anyone with G in it and uh Constantino I believe was more in the middle but I think he was on the triple G side but um Kurt was scoring like MadLab and Kurt's scorings on each round were just like totally opposite and I thought there was some biases there I thought my scoring was the best honestly we had the same scoring what are you talking about we did we did but I I, I think mine was the best because <laughs> it's it was still mine. the best <laughs> yeah it's still the best because it was mine but um but what, what's your take on this? So I'll start with you, Lab. I mean, I have my opinions on it that I'll share in a second. But I'll start with you.
1: All right. So this is this is the way. You're you the know. boxing
0: official now. First of all, your dad was a gold glove boxer. You're a fucking. You trained MMA. You boxed for a long time. You're not just some guy giving boxing analysis. You're actually a fighter who's trained fighters. And your dad's a gold glove boxer. And your family's boxers. So you know, yeah. You're read off my credentials ad. too, though. Kurt has been. So, a, Kurt, Kurt was in a fight once. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, the way I looked at it was this way. I mean, if you want to, I, this is, first of all, we all know that the first one was an absolute robbery. You know, the first one was an absolute robbery. The second fight, I wouldn't call a robbery. I think it was a lot closer of a fight. But I think what people were looking at in this fight, which is troublesome, also on the judges' end, is that they saw for the first time that Canelo was, both of these guys had different game plans than we thought coming in. We thought Triple G was going to be one pushing forward, Canelo was going to be. Off The one fighting off his back foot. Do you think that
0: hurt him right there, by the way? Because Triple G came in here saying... No, it shouldn't But do you think it did? Because Triple G came in saying, I want to... You know, they call it like that Mexican style, right? Like, I want to go in there and just brawl with this guy. And I'm going to come forward and I'm going to brawl. And Triple G kind of let Canelo kind of lead the dance for a lot of it and didn't just stand in the middle you know, push on his back foot and fire back at him. Do you think that hurt him in the judge's eyes Mm -hmm. that he said? In the judge's
1: eyes, yeah, because what they were expecting was not what they saw. So they looked at it as a weakness, which it really wasn't. Because if you look at boxing in a hole, one of the things that a lot of people don't look at, they don't look at, if you guys are watching MMA, you call it cage control. You know, in, in boxing, it's called ring generalship. So basically, all you're seeing is Canelo coming forward. So what, what, do you, what does that tell you? It's like, oh my God, well, he's he's the one pushing the pace. So that means he's the one winning the ring generalship, which is not true. Triple G ju- doubled his jab count. Okay, and basically what that does, it doesn't matter if you're the counter fighter or the pursuer. What the jab is doing is it's making Canelo pay for his real estate. All right, so no matter what he did, every time he went to push forward, Triple G was controlling the real estate with his jab and keeping him honest. All right, so if you look at that, could he have thrown more body punches? He absolutely could have. The reason why he didn't was because there's two reasons why you throw body punches. You obviously would love to get that liver shot and, and put them to the canvas. Another reason is because it tires you out. But the main, main, main reason is because when you're hitting somebody to the body, they tell you body head. You hit them to the body, their guard comes down, it brings you up to their head. He had so much success with his jab, with head shots, making him buy that real estate, controlling that real estate, that he really didn't need to go to the body all that much. I would have liked him to see him go to the body more, to slow him down a little bit more, but he was having so – he brought the jab like he had a magnet in his glove with that jab. Every time Canelo came in, he would stick him with the jab. He landed he like 200 him. more jabs than him or something. Didn't yeah, he, didn't and he, he also – Right, the output was was insane. It was it was double the jab. So it was almost like they completely abandoned the uh, the jab. The judges just looked at the jab as almost like a setup. They didn't look at it
0: as it being they, effective. Those were, those were strong jabs. Those yeah, and those and,
1: and in the later rounds, he hurt he wore him down. Can, he he yeah. won
0: the end of the fight. He won the second
1: half of the fight. You know, sure. so listen, it was a very close fight. I would hate to be like honestly, I was saying to myself halfway halfway through, like wow. First I'd six hate, rounds were tough to judge. Yeah, I'd be. I hate to be a judge in this fight right now, but the way I looked at it is. Ring generalship is a lot. What did you have it? What did you have it as
0: far as? uh, I think you had uh, 116, 112, same as me.
1: Yeah, and yeah, they had it 115, 113 the other way. Now, if you look at all the professional boxers, and they all had it like we had it. Yeah. Uh, Lennox Lewis had him winning by two rounds. Um, uh, uh, Teddy Atlas had him winning by. Uh, Teddy so Atlas had him winning by
0: like four or five rounds. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I, yeah. Think like I think was a
1: little bit ridiculous. Well, Stephen A. Smith had him win. Like everybody had him win. And this is this is the fact had that. it
0: as a draw. Like you know, like well, he, but
1: here's why you said it perfectly during the fight. Okay, this was, was going to bring me to my, my next point. That if you look at everybody that was on the Canelo train, everybody that wanted Canelo to win, what did they say? Well, I could see it being a draw. Well, let's get.
0: So let, if, let me pause there, Kurt. You're yeah. on the Canelo train. You were on the Canelo trade. You thought, What was your thought on the fight?
2: No, I had it 114-114. But I'm biased not because I like um, Canelo. Canelo, I'm biased I have a friend, Canelo. You do have a friend, Canelo. I'm biased because I love body shots. So I'll eat 10 jabs if that means I can get in and crack you in the liver. So all those body shots he was hitting on means more to me than hitting like five jabs from Triple G. That's why I was more Canelo. And you thought Canelo actually was there in the first fight too, didn't you, Kurt? Yeah, I had it closer, not like Adelaide Bird, but I had it Adelaide closer than movie. it was. I forget what I had him marked. But did you
1: out. have did you have Canelo did you have Canelo winning that fight in the first fight?
2: I can't remember. I don't I think, think, you think so. Did. Yeah, I think I did you have did Canelo actually, winning by one or him, two.
0: You did have him winning. Yeah. I thought Triple G got fucked in both fights. But uh, he I th- got
1: fucked big time in the first fight. But the, the fact of the matter is is it doesn't matter if he like, you know, Teddy Atlas said it perfectly. It doesn't matter if you get blown out of the water or you don't get blown out. The fact that it matter is the fight was taken away from him. That's at the end of the day. That's yep. all people look at, the win and the loss. That's it.
0: Yep, and, and here's the reason why. <laughs> First of all, boxing is 12 rounds so they could rig it. That's why. And right. I posted something on Twitter, and there were some people like, well, the reason it's 12 is because – you know 15 was getting people brain damage okay no oh. the reason
1: the reason it's 12 is because in one fight it was boom boom Mancini yep. versus Duku Kim in Las Vegas outside uh, he he killed somebody in the ring and they decided to change it to 12 yeah, that was right. the main it was but my bad. point is 13 and 11 are also odd numbers like it does like they went to 12
0: they went to an even number which is insane because if you're excluding 10 8 rounds you're basically leaving yourself open for a draw. And that's what boxing wants. They want draws. They want rematches. They want controversy. They want people talking about the fight on Monday when the fight was on Saturday. That's what they want. It also makes it easier for them to rig these fights. These fights were rigged for Canelo. Both of these fights were rigged for Canelo and it was not even close. Triple G is not marketable. The only marketable thing about Triple G is his name. He's got a cool name. Triple G outside of that. He's not marketable at all. And the biggest thing is, and and this isn't being fucking racist. These are stats. The Hispanic community is tremendous for boxing. You know, you're seeing the demographic shift. ESPN poll had 58%. I'm sorry. I'm quoting ESPN. It's just what I can find. 58% of Hispanics are fans of boxing. Hispanic viewership on boxing, a sport that's falling apart, that no one is watching anymore outside of hardcore fans. Everyone has shifted over to UFC. If you go back 10 years, boxing was beating UFC by like 10 to 1 in viewership. Five, five years, it was like 7 to 1. Now, UFC has crept ahead of boxing. That's how much ground it's made up because a lot of people have left. But for some reason, it's a cultural thing, right? Like there's certain things. Like if you go to Europe, if you look at Italians, you know, if you look at Greeks, if you look at British, they love soccer, Right. Boxing, Latinos love boxing. That's never going to stop. So it's a cultural thing. So they're catering to that audience. Hispanic viewership in boxing is up 50%. I think it's that was since in 2014. It was up 50%. I think now it's 63%. Hispanic viewership is up. Telemundo is the only channel of any channel that does boxing that's ratings are up compared to where they were in the 90s. 25 of the largest boxing pay-per-view events. 14 of them. Had Hispanic fighters in the title fight, the other eleven were heavyweight fights. Five percent of Americans are avid boxing fans. Twenty-four percent of Latinos are avid boxing fans. Like this is these numbers don't lie. So it makes sense why you're going to take the more marketable Canelo and make sure he wins. So and that's and also for why they a sport keep. Sport that's dying. The sport's dying. They have to do this. They have to for the sport. Agree or disagree? Right, but
2: oh, that's agree. why they keep the three judge system, right? It's easier to pay off one or two judges right. than to have 10 judges in a office in Adelaide New York Bird City. It's a score? running
0: joke amongst all the sports and still fucking judging fights.
1: Well, listen, right. it's a, it's listen, it's been a problem since day one and you know, somebody on Twitter hit me up and said, you know, something about uh, uh I forgot what it was. They asked me a question about um, Triple G's corner whispering to him that not telling him that he was winning the fight that he was losing the fight and I said this is that's, that's boxing 101 and me good. and Tommy me and Tommy talk about this all the time you know we say that you cannot by any circumstance go into a corner in a close fight and tell your fighter he's winning the fight no. you just you, you just don't do that you know what i mean and then number 2 is the only
0: time you would lab and we've talked about this is if you is know if a, for a fact a, he's up like 10 rounds to 1 and we're going into the 12th and it's like listen you're winning don't get knocked out don't right. take any chances. But if right, that fight but, is even remotely close, I got a tweet about that too, Lab. Even his corner said he was losing. No, dumbass. No, that's what you're supposed to fucking do. Tell your fighter you're losing so he keeps fighting.
1: Go so on. here, But here's the, here's the other thing that really bothers me, and I hear this all the time in MMA. Joe Rogan says it. Max Kellerman says it. Everybody says it. They say, well, you know, it really depends on what the judges are looking at. Well, that's fucking ridiculous because if me and Kurt were judges right now and we sat on the panel and Kurt is his thing is I like body shots. And my thing is I like people who control the real estate off their jab. So all of all of a sudden, right off the bat, if it's not being corrupt, you got two judges that are judging two different things. So the only way to fix this is have percentage-based rules. Listen, thirty percent has to be off the jab. Thirty percent has to be off the the body. X amount of percent needs to be off of power shots to the head, to the body. This way, everybody's playing in concert of what they're watching. You know, if you're in the MMA, you got people who are going to be, you know, solely mandated to watching the grappling. But even though he's on top and he's not throwing punches, he's still on top and he's still controlling the fight. Meanwhile, the other guy on his back is throwing up his legs, looking for triangles, looking for arm bars, but that stuff don't count. So everybody's all over the map. But another thing, like I told the kid, I said, he's like, you said it's a business. That doesn't make sense. And I said, well, every sport is a business. You're right. But there's a difference between business and corruption. And boxing, since the beginning of time, has been the most corrupt sport in the world, next to maybe soccer. Soccer it, right it, there. Right? Next to maybe soccer.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's right. And it's gotten worse. It's, it's absolutely worse because you see corruption get more extreme when – the financial situation of the sport gets worse, right? So, I mean, as the sport starts to falter and ratings start to drop, it becomes more desperate to push guys further along, right? To have the right guys in the spotlight, to not have boring title fights, to not have boring champions, you know? So it becomes even more, like, you only cheat when you're losing, right? Like, everyone knows that. So if boxing is losing right now, they're going to cheat more. And it, and, it's, and it's the same in every single fucking sport, but... It's frustrating. I know you lab have been trying to get our subscribers at guru to go and get more into boxing and you've been doing boxing content for them. And I know you get pissed off for it. I know you were screaming after the fight about the weirdest shit. I thought, you know, I thought you were mad about the fight and you're like, this is bullshit. I'm fucking pushing boxing on these subs. And then they do this to me. And now I feel bad even fucking telling these people to watch boxing when this is all going on. But, um, Well, because I think
1: think from an MMA perspective, you know, listen, a lot of people, 90% of the subs, you know, are there for MMA, but I think a big part of being a better DFS player and knowing what you're watching and understanding MMA more is boxing. Like, boxing is such an intricate part of fighting because it helps you, it really is a science. It helps you understand their footwork. Like, I took a picture of one of the guys that fought on Saturday afternoon, how he was crossing his legs... As he was backing up like that is the biggest no-no like a huge no-no and a lot of people don't see that but if you watch boxing and it doesn't matter if even if you don't have a dog in the race if you watch boxing it it makes you understand you know range how people fight long who fights short about foot placement about cutting off the ring like there's so much that you can learn in that and it will make you so much better at what you're watching in mma you know but then when i get everybody on it yeah it upset me a little bit yeah no
0: it just shows how much you care but uh, Mad Lab, you
2: got mad at me, which is a oh, bad yeah. fucking move. Well, because I was just dumb. shocked It's <laughs> just a at,
0: yeah. bad fucking move.
1: Like, you're just better than that. <laughs>
0: you're better than that. You said you find a hole in his game. Yeah. Well, I've been mean, just clean up. That was a hole in his game. What? Yeah, what? He, no. Yeah. I cleaned he, did, did, up the whole table Kirk... with Mike. Me and Mike did it. Yeah, you cleaned yeah, up the... First yeah. of all, let me give you guys an example. Kurt, how much time you got? Uh, about two minutes. Two minutes. So, Hard out. Hard out. Hard out. Two minutes. So, out. Out. the last fight, uh, Mike Irado. Um, best friend and brother came here and afterwards because I always these guys fucking leave a mess like you don't even fucking know they they used to leave a fucking mess <laughs> uh, like just I, they'd walk out and I'd have girls coming over last year six months and it's fucking like take me four hours to clean up fucking spittoon cans from Mad Lab and fucking <laughs> and Kurt's fucking cheeseburgers and fucking food all over the goddamn place so Lab started to really he goes you know what like this, is, this isn't right right Goli- Goliath's a good friend of mine Tommy G's my boy let me, let me take the effort. So last fight, Lab cleaned the fucking house spotless. Even did a pre-fight clean, right, Lab? Even did a candle, Doug. Did a candle. Lit a fucking candle. Right? So perfect job. So now fucking dumbass Kurt over here goes, oh, I'm going to fucking clean the house. Like after I just waxed his ass in beer pong for five hours, fucking hammered. He decides to clean everything. And he made a bigger mess than when he left. Dude, I picked up the garbage bag. He poured full beers oh, yeah, in the garbage true. bag, which had a hole in it. And I showed Lab. My whole floor was covered in beer and smelt like beer because of this fucking bag that was leaking. So no, Kurt, you're the worst cleaner. Smelled like a fucking frat house in there. Oh my God, dude. Oh my God. It was a fucking Uh, You're welcome. It took me more time to clean your cleaning than it did for you to clean. Well, I don't usually, I'm married. I don't clean. I, yeah, what
1: know. a sexist statement! No, it's not <laughs> sexist. My wife is OCD. She
2: cleans the house. I don't clean. Hashtag house. me cool. too on the No
0: Mercy Pod. No, uh, but I else? do the floors. Hashtag I, I vacuum. Why else too. would you, Why else would you get fucking a wife if you're not going to clean? Like, yeah, if you're going to clean, of course. That's the big thing. I, gotta, I don't do I my don't. laundry
2: either. I'm not sexist. I just don't do my laundry. I'm you're Italian. Just a you know, my mom did it, and now my wife does it. Yeah, I'm not my, sexist. And, and my mom still does it. Lucky <laughs> motherfucker. All right,
0: Kirk, go pick up my goddaughter. All right, I'll see you guys later. All right, get later. The fuck out of here. I'm, I called him Kurt, and he didn't even realize it. Oh, uh, the bot. No, the bot. Bot signing out. One final thing on Jimmy G here with ULab, and then we'll wrap this up. So to get back to football, we were talking about the uh, the Jimmy G experiment, and you know how that's going, and what's your take? You seem to be waning on him a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was listen, I was really high on him. Obviously you go high on somebody blind like that. You know, he had a good couple games at the end of the season. But if you're looking at him now, I mean he's you know, he's completing about sixty percent, you know, of his passes. He's at four hundred and sixty-seven yards over two games, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Now, one glaring thing is he's been sacked nine times in two games. You know what I mean? So that's showing that there's a little bit of an issue on the line, maybe a big issue on the line. Um, but this boils down to a couple things. They need to do something in the offensive weapon category. You know what I mean? They really, they obviously lost McKinnon. They got Breta who is, you know, I would say a poor man's McKinnon. You know, in a, in a way, um, he's serviceable. You know, they got Mars, who you know, you know, uh, inside the twenty if they need him. But they really don't have any fucking weapons. I mean, Kittle, if you really think about it, has been kind of the bright spot over there. Marquise Goodwin is an injury liability. I think it really all depends on what kind of move they make at wide receiver. You know, and I am starting. I'm going to be honest with you. I was very high on him, and I'm wavering a little bit. I know
0: it's crazy. Before the season, you were going in, fucking talking about Jimmy G MVP. Jimmy G. Well, no, this Super is just Bowl. for this
1: year. This this ain't his. But see, here's the thing. Body of work.
0: You're wrong. Okay. And that's the crazy. I hope thing. I am. I hope you're I am. fucking wrong. And and this just this is an exciting moment for me. Because we all know that me and Jimmy G look exactly alike. We're exactly. Like spitting images of each other. It's, it's scary how much we look alike. And you can check my Instagram. I have a post of how exactly alike we look.
1: Um, yeah, he looks exactly alike, Jimmy G. After Jimmy G was partying for fucking 32 days straight. <laughs> <laughs> Without like G- without even three minutes of sleep in thirty two like days. Jimmy
0: G after fifteen beers and eight ball and a frying pan to <laughs> the face. A dirty water dog. <laughs> dirty water dog version <laughs> of Jimmy G's Sabret. Um yeah, so but in all honesty, I do love Jimmy G. Made a lot of money off him last year in DFS. Big fan of his. And uh I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. Because I look at this, and yes, he did lose McKinnon. And yes, he doesn't have Goodwin. And I know Goodwin's always hurt, so as a Niner fan, yes, you, you're, you're worried about that, and you want someone there for when he gets hurt again. But I look at it as Pierre Garçon's old. I love Pierre Garçon as a possession receiver. I really do. Terrible matchup this week with Slay, again. It's like every time Garçon's been healthy for the last two years, is that a bad matchup. But, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a 6 for 68 guy. Possession receiver, right? Maybe gets you in the box, but he's a chain mover more than anything else. He's not a downfield threat. He's not young. He's not fast. He's a solid possession receiver, which you need. Dante Pettis is still young and raw. Um, George Kittle is a very good tight end, but he's not elite. He's just he's a good weapon. But they're trying
1: to take the top off the defense right. with their tight end.
0: Yeah, and Alfred Morris I mean, is... you, you need some...
1: Yeah, you need somebody to take the top off the defense. Right,
0: and Alfred Morris is Alfred Morris. Matt Breed is explosive, but he's still young. We don't really know too much about what he has there yet. So, listen, in week one, Jimmy G did not look very sharp. Uh, he still threw for like 270 yards. Garcon dropped a touchdown in that game, which actually, they, they could have won that game. They definitely could have won that game. Yeah, Kidd, well, Kittle
1: dropped one, too. Kittle dropped yeah,
0: one, yeah. Too. So, I mean, he played a little better than his box score in the first game. This game I'm not freaking out about because the Niners actually had control most of this game. You know, this game was what, like 27-14 or something heading into the fourth quarter? But they should have lost. They should have lost. But it was 27-14 for three quarters. Jimmy G was doing fine. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He just didn't need to do much, right? He ended the game 18 for 26. He only threw eight incomplete passes. You know, but they didn't really need to do much. They were running the ball nonstop. They weren't maybe as aggressive as they should again. And the fourth quarter, he had a bad quarter. You know, he definitely had that interception at the end where they could have lost the game, but they got the W. So I'm not worried about it. It's two games into the season. It, he didn't do as bad as everyone said the first game. He got the W in the second game. He's got no fucking weapons, dude. If I told you Pierre Garcon and Dante Pettis are my two,
1: you know, wide receivers, I would come on, dude. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. I think it's all premised on what do they do now? Right, where do they? Now, where do they, they go from here?
0: They need Goodwin back. That's the thing. When Goodwin gets back. That's when I will start judging Jimmy G. So I will Damn. not say anything about Jimmy G. I, he's doing fine. He could be two and zero right now. He was one, went in, into Minnesota last week, which isn't you know they're supposed to lose, and still almost won that game. Not even playing his best, but playing for pretty much two whole weeks almost without Marquise Goodwin, who was getting drafted in like the fifth round of every fantasy draft, was getting drafted six rounds above Pierre Garcon, twelve rounds above Dante Pettis. He's their obvious number one receiver and number one target. When he gets Goodwin back, I'll make my judges. But I am staying firm, a hundred percent on Team Jimmy G, and I'm not wavering at all, Lab. All
1: right, I, I hope you're right. I hope you're no. right. Listen, I have- like I said, if they if if they make a move, and, or Marquise Goodwin comes back and he's healthy and he stays healthy, or they make a move for Josh Gordon, then I'll I'll be on that train as far as I'll judge from there. But as of right now, I am not overly flat. Uh, I am not overly. Uh, I'm not overly convinced like you.
0: I'm going to end this pod on one question about tonight. Um, you, have, you have two big games in our seasonal league that we're in together. We play two people a week. Um, I had the luxury of scoring 175 points this week and going one and one, which is the worst thing that could fucking happen. Trevor scores 210, um, which should have been a team I should have beat. Like, I was looking at that as a W. So I'll end up going, uh, going one and one this week. You have a very pivotal matchup. You started 2-0, and Mad Lab, after a great first week. And you right now are fading seven points. What are you doing? You're favoring. You're fading seven, seven points? Seven
1: points to one team, which is Tyler Lockett.
0: Right. So you need Lockett it's, to score under seven, which I think you're I dead need, uh, there.
1: Yeah, I think I'm dead there. The too.
0: big one, though, that's going to be quite a sweat is you need Russell Wilson to score under 30, right?
1: Yep. That's Which I think is very possible. It but is it's very al- possible. It's, al- it's almost like hovering around where he should it's be. It's
0: right. In this league, it's hovering right there because you get... Uh, 50 yard touchdown bonuses you get a 5 point bonus for 300 yards 6 point passing touchdowns so it is a little weighted more towards the quarterback i think in a normal scoring system you'd be a heavy favorite in this one you know just to put it in perspective deshaun watson scored 31 and he went for like 300 two touchdowns one pick and 40 rushing yards which is fine right. so i yeah. think you're 300 number so we'll update the people on that uh, I'm having a rough start to my seasonal season with Freeman and Josh Gordon. Now just getting my, my number five round pick isn't even on a team. That's great. So, uh, any final words here, lab to the, uh, to the people?
1: No, man, it was fun. This is, a, this is great. This podcast, it's been a long time coming. I love listening to it. I hope you guys like listening to it.
0: And we're going to, that's
1: it, my brother. Thank you so much for having me on my man.
0: No, you're going to be on here every week. And we have, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff for the fights, especially. We just got a quiet card last week. It's a pretty quiet card this week. And then next week, there's an off. But then we got the granddaddy of them all, Lab. Oh, we're going to be going at it, Ian, you you. Know? Oh, we're going to fight. By the way, Lab is the biggest Khabib Namagomedov fan you've ever met. Like, he worships Habib. He's and everything. He's everything to him. He is the Lab. He's a grinder. He fucking works hard. He just stays in his lane and fucking just goes out and punishes people like the Lab. And then you have the epitome of Tommy G and Conor McGregor who just goes out there the talking shit, fucking swanging that big dick around. So, uh, so yeah, me and Lab are going to go at it hard. But uh, do you want a little preview? Who do you think wins that fight, Lab?
1: You just answered it. <laughs> He's going to get knocked the fuck out. No, he's not going to knock him out. Knock are you talking the about the fuck about? out. You're talking about uh Kobe not getting knocked the fuck out. Well, d- McGregor's knocking him the fuck the fuck only, out. That's the only that that's the only way McGregor wins. Yep. And that's the way he wins. So, okay.
0: for Mad Lab, I am Tommy G. Get over to guruelite.com, sign up for DFS gambling, you name it, we got everything over there. This is the No Mercy podcast, episode 3 in the books. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers.